Having the right TMS is vital in supporting freight broker growth. Partner with Thai Software to optimize your processes and compete with confidence. Get into the automation, data insights, and cash flow optimization game. Request a demo at thaisoftware.com. Welcome back to another edition of Tech Call. Today, we're covering the importance of wellness and health in the office and why it's a little underrated. Today, we are joined by Ranjit Varghese, a wellness professional. Welcome to the show, Ranjit. Thank you for having me, Mary. Excited. I am very excited about today. Um, It's something that it doesn't exactly... It's not like what every, you know, freight broker or, you know, company owner thinks about is, you know, the importance of health and wellness in the office, but it's ultimately something that should be taken seriously and should be a pretty big um, factor of, you know, that that uh, that corporate life, that culture that everyone strives so hard to get to. Um, but before we get too far into that, let's get some background on you and kind of how you got started in the health and fitness world. Yeah. So I, you know, my family is a very traditional family in the sense of professionals. I have cousins that are, you know, deans at Harvard Medical School and vice chairs of cardiology at Cleveland Clinic. My sister, this is the the type of family I come from, but I did not like blood, didn't like arguing. My dad's a mechanical industrial engineering. I grew up with blueprint makers and drafting boards in the house. And I was like, I really felt like I, I, I am never going to have a job because none of these things make sense to me. And then I randomly took a strength and conditioning class at the University of Cincinnati uh, community program. And that was it. I was like, and then I moved, I moved to New York and I told my parents that I'd potentially go to grad school. No, I wanted to go into exercise. And long story short, my first business in New York City was a five-story urban country club in Wall Street with a human performance laboratory. Uh, and the the type of exercise program uh, started as a osteoporosis research study at the University of Florida Medical School, uh, where a moving extremely slow movement with high intensity, uh, uh, high weights, uh, produce excellent results. So it was like, so I was, I was in Wall Street. I worked, I wore a suit when I worked with people. It was extremely cold. So like 60 degrees and folks would just take their jacket off. They would do 20 minutes of extremely hard, extremely difficult work. And then they, they would, uh, go back to work. So I was always kind of been, um, surrounded by, corporate folks. And then I ended up getting major back surgery. Turned out I had a ruptured disc in my L5S1. Um, and they, I tried everything not to get surgery, but they removed it. 60% of my disc was removed. So I only had 40% left. Right. And then I got in, I, I almost recovered. I got into a major car accident. Elderly man went into a diabetic episode and crashed into me from behind. And in New York State, that's where I was at that time, there was a thing called no-fault policy where it wasn't his fault, it wasn't my fault, so his insurance and New York State covered for my therapy. And I was getting up to, uh, not every week, up to 18 sessions of physical therapy a week. So I would go to, you know, I would go to different places all across the city. You know, it wasn't like always in Manhattan. Sometimes they'd send me to, you know, Queens or Staten Island and you would start finding out what is good care. Like, you know, it's just because I was already in the field, but I had never gone through kind of this experience of, you know, lower back pain and uh, not being able to do what it is that I love the way I was able to do it and trying to figure out 
how to recover from that. And so uh, as I went through that process, I ended up actually creating the art form that I've been practicing, uh, trademarked and copyrighted, formalized from 2007 called Arogium, A-R-O-G-I-U-M. And what that is, is just I use my hands to, uh, to strengthen and relieve pain um, using manual resistance. Um, but then after that, another thing happened. I got alopecia areata. I lost all my hair and my beard. So I'd, I was pretty clean shaven most of my life in corporate climate. And then all of a sudden when, you know, and with uh, alopecia areata, it's like an autoimmune disorder. So you sometimes joint pain. And what happened is my best friend who passed away last year uh, was a world famous retinal surgeon. He injected my head with corticosteroids on New Year's Day in his in his brother in law's bathroom, and all my hair and my and my beard came back. So in honor of him, this is the reason why the hair and the beard. But um, you definitely learn to not care about you know because wellness, you know, especially in New York, can be a very kind of vain field. And then when you go through this process. Uh, you stop, you become even more immersed in about how your body is feeling. And obviously looking good is great, right? But you, be, I became less concerned about that and more about how do my joints feel? Um, how am I feeling overall? Uh, as opposed to just, this is the way I look, you know, Ed, but the weirdly doing the things that make you feel good also make you look good. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's something that everyone kind of forgets that, you know, maybe I'll just go to the gym just to, you know, stay healthy and other things like that. But, um, you know, if you work out and you hit a new PR, suddenly that that, you know, that your day just turned around in a big way. Um, so something that I think a lot of people forget about is that health and wellness aspect, like, you know, especially in the free air, the corporate world is, you know, you're doing a lot of sitting, you're not doing a lot of movement. Um, so kind of if, if I'm, if I'm someone who's wanting to help my, the people in my office, you know, reduce injury, reduce health risks, like what are some of those things that I can, you know, take and then, you know, implement into my office to, you know, make everyone a little bit happier, a little bit healthier and, you know, generally all around better. Yeah. So, uh, when I had my, um, practice with Arogium in New York, I was actually within a company. So I, I had my own space within their uh, company's structure. So both, so I was already used to kind of understanding how an uh, office situation works. But then he, now I'm in Cincinnati and I work for Lifetime Fitness, which is a, a national luxury uh, exercise facility. And you would think that, oh, okay, you work in an exercise center, um, everybody's, you know, you know, as the equipment is right there. But what, what there's a, we've done a pilot project here at Lifetime in, in Cincinnati is because we have a lot of folks that are the general manager or the operations manager, and they're in front of a computer like anyone else. Right. And I, and here there is, they have all access right there. Right. And it's still difficult for them. So what I decided to do was like, I use my experience that I had working within companies to go i go go through and it go into their office teach them strategies of and we're, i'm going to go over that you know using engaging their abs 
right? Uh, while sitting, um, teaching that because I have a client, he says, I'm not sure if I'm working or working out. <laughs> because it's like I have, you know, it's like a, when you come and you sit at your station, I believe in personal responsibility. And it starts with leadership, right? So if a head of a company has to feel like they want this for themselves and that's how it trickles down to the folks that work for them. And so um, the folks that I work with, I say, hey, listen, and, and you're doing it, Mary, you have your 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 water, right? And for me, uh, some of my some of my clients, they uh, type a lot. So I have these finger separators that I make my clients wear and I use them sometimes. I use them as well because I use my hands. Right. Uh, sometimes you might have a, a, a ball or, or a band. And what, what you do is either you, you know, you can uh, you take the band, you put it uh, around your ankles or your feet and you have the ball between the knees and you do the same amount of work that you normally do. But at the same time, you're going to be working your abs. And the reason why you're going to be working your abs this is very important. So you have within the body of what's known as agonist and antagonist muscles. Okay. So for example, you have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not flexing my bicep on. <laughs> you have your bicep contracted, right? So this is the agonist muscle. It's contracting. So your tricep is your antagonist, which lengthens or relaxes. And so usually when we're sitting or doing movement in general, your abs, you don't, because Mary, what sports did you play? You said you played, um, I played volleyball and soccer and I ran track. Okay, volleyball, soccer, and you ran track. After any of those games or running, did you ever say, man, my abs are sore from running? No. No, right? Usually after the high jump, they would be, but you know, you use a lot of abs core strength doing jumps. But typically when you're doing soccer or, or running, you don't feel your abs, right? No, it's always going to be your thighs and your calves. So the goal here is, right, and this is why... I see sitting down as an opportunity to work on this because you're because if you're at the office eight to 12 hours a day, if you can work on something that actually is going to have a benefit for you outside, when if you could stand up and you feel better after sitting down because you were able to do this, you're going to feel better. Right? So just like your bicep is your agonist muscle uh, and your tricep lengthens, if you are able to contract your abs while sitting. So think of your Think of your end day being this way. So at the end of the day, if you felt your abs while sitting and you got them slight, slightly worked out just from sitting, you've had an awesome day because then your lower back is going to relax. And so what you can do is that you can, I'm going to scoot back here. You, you literally are going to squeeze your inner thighs together, right? And you're going to push your feet. To, so the, the heaviest weight is one that doesn't move, right? Are you going to be able to push the floor, push your feet through the floor? No, right? So if I'm able to engage my abs by imagining that I'm driving my body through the floor, okay, then you're going to make this sound as you exhale. If you go, make that sound. Do you feel your abs engage when you do that? Yeah. Right? So what you're doing is you have your rib cage here and you're going to try to blend that rib cage in to your abs and making that sound helps you do that. So you're you're gonna visualize that your legs begin underneath the rib cage so that this is now your inner thighs you're gonna squeeze your legs together using your inner thighs you're gonna drive your body through the floor and as you're typing if you just make this movement oh 
Do you feel your abs? Yeah. Right? This is kind of cool. Right. So it, that's just a start. You're just like, because if, if you can feel your abs as you're doing that, and the key is makes the smaller the movement, the more you feel it. Because we want to make sure that we want to, you know, we don't, you, I'm not, you know, not asking you to, you know, stand on a ball or any of it. Not, you know, that it said we want for most folks, you know, that are sitting, they're going to be sitting. Right. So embrace the sit and just try to your number one goal is just try to be able to engage those abs. Right. And I'm going and I'm to stand up to to show you, like, if you're if you're if you're standing. Right. And I'm I'm really not that flexible right now because I was sitting because I wasn't engaged my abs. But if I take my hands and I just use my abs to crush my hands. Then. I'm going, you can't see it, but I'm able to easily touch the floor. Oh, okay. Because it's sometimes, you know, people are like, oh, my hamstrings are tight. It might be tight. But if you can really engage, and the other thing is that as you're, let's say you're moving back or forth, your goal is, am I feeling my abs? Okay. Am I feeling my abs? Right now, I am feeling my abs. Yeah. That's and and you and you might, you know, a lot, a lot of, especially because you're the number one reason you get results, you can't beat it. Is genetics, right? So if you played athletics or music or performance, right? Or some people are actually physically uh, gifted, but they, they didn't do any of those things. That's where you start, right? So if you, because you were athletic, you have an awareness of being able to control your body. And, but because you're not doing that anymore, doesn't mean you still don't have those skills. Or it's a matter of, and you've not done that. You're not, you haven't sat there and said, you know, I'm really going to just try to engage my abs majority of the time that working but that's i would say you know that coming to work thinking every day i got my water i have whatever i have whatever tools or whatever workout that i have for my day while i do my work and the other thing that and this is the biggest thing for me that i don't understand why we can't do it is is it when you work on breath or breathing does it get in the way of anything that we do not really it might it might get in the way of a middle of a conversation but you know i'm not talking every second of every day right you could work on it and you know you can go without food for two to three weeks water three to four days oxygen two to three minutes right and all of our activities you know in the sense of movement if we improve our cardio pulmonary system or respiratory system, you know, especially during all these, you know, whether it be allergies or so one of the things that, and it's difficult for me, I have, I would, I, I always, I said this, if we can't solve the things that we agree upon, how do we solve the things we disagree upon, right? We agree that breathing is not going to get in the way of any activity that we do, but it's a very difficult thing to do because I work on it all the time. So that is the other other. So whether it whether you say to yourself every hour, I'm just going to take the deepest breath through my nose I possibly can, hold it for a second, and exhale the deepest exhale I possibly can, and just do that five times in an hour, just in a row. Right? These are just resets for you during the day. 
So is that something that then, um, because, you know, uh, freight offices, brokerages, it can be a very high stress and, you know, your mental health generally tends to decline a little bit when you're working and just because sometimes you have a bad day where you get yelled at all the time. So is incorporating, you know, those five, those five quick breaths, like a good thing to also help with your mental health? Is there another tip that you have that would just be super easy to implement that, you know, maybe might help a broker, you know, stay, stay, stay on the top of their mental game? I would say, you know, again, being a person for personal responsibility, I would say the things that you could work on for yourself, because, you know, we, we live, we want to live in a world where we, uh, we want the companies to help us, but we're going to do it for ourselves first so that it shows them that we're really, it's important. The things you're going to work on are sleep, your general fitness, your nutrition, hydration, um, and breathing, right? For your med- mental well-being, right? So in the sense of nutrition, um, the brain is our most, uh, our organ that uses the most amount of energy typically. And it needs, it, it takes up to half of the sugar within the body for the brain. So being folks, especially folks that are thinking all day, they're going to have, people are going to have cravings, right? So knowing that you're going to have cravings, instead you have to, again, you got your water, you got your, 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 you have your food that's going to satisfy that craving. But at the same time, if you, if uh, you go too much, then you get into a fog, right? So it's a matter of preparing your workstation for your day to maximize um, you, uh, your body for your work. I kind of like it. It's that min-max thing of like, if I know I'm going to be there all day, I might as well set myself up for success. Eight to 12 hours of awesome work is the way you see it, right? You're going you're gonna to get more fit at work because that was the thing that was the thing that people that uh, I would say employees and staff really liked is that they were like they came to work and they got more than a paycheck. They got something that they were able to take home that benefited them at home that had nothing to do with money. Oh, absolutely because you can also carry over, you know, some breath work and um that nutrition aspect and you know engaging your core and trying to take some of that strain off your back. You can do that at home too. You can do that shoot, you can do that at dinner. And the other, you know, within workspaces, you know, you have friends, right? And you want usually even, you know, when in exercise centers, it's when you come with a friend or someone that you are doing this with, it might not be the entire office, but someone that is also on your vibe that's like, that's going to help you keep accountable. That is all in the sense of mental health to have someone else to, to help you or count on within the office, I think is very beneficial. I feel like that's kind of almost that like that that I don't like that thing that is absolutely required because you're doing it alone the same way where like if you report to work for the day and you don't know what you're doing for your professional job, if you don't have someone that you can turn to that you can ask like, hey, what do I do? What am I supposed to do? Like, how do I do this thing? I have this problem. You know, the same way you rely on people for work problems, you can rely on them for, you know, mental health. Like if, you know, there's one person that you talk to that just really gets your blood boiling, raises your blood pressure. You just, you don't get along, but you absolutely have to talk to them. Then, you know, you can say, okay, well, we just had a conversation with that person. Let's take a lap in the parking lot. Let's go get a drink. Let's kind of go outside and kind of reshift our focus so that way we're not sitting in that anger, in that negative headspace where 
it's just going to ruin our day and we're going to have a bad day for the rest of the day. Yeah. I mean, you know, the mental health, usually a lot of times about loneliness, not being able to share something that you're going through with someone else that you think might be able to relate with you. And so I think, you know, that is a way to, you know, reduce your loneliness and have someone else, you know, be supportive of you. And, and, and that that goes, you know, not only in mental health in the sense of office work, but wellness as well, exercise, nutrition. You know, if you have someone that is, you know, bring, whether, you know, they bring you a, a nice snack, you know, because we have, you know, even, even at the exercise, you know, even at Lifetime, we have birthdays, right? And sometimes people want to bring donuts, you know, and, and it's like, no, this is, you know, we have, we are, we're, we're uh, going to have a standard that, because this is what we need to do for um, our uh, well-being for, for those people, for those, especially I get, you know, if you, if you're a person that's eat clean every single day and then you get a, for me, maybe an organic donut, you know, that's not, I, I have a client that makes me uh, non-dairy, non-gluten baked donuts that are unbelievable, unbelievable, right? So if I, so it's, so I try to make, I'm a human, like I love food like anyone else, but I try to, uh, knowing the issues that I have with my joints or, uh, you know, uh, with my uh, autoimmune disorders, I want to make, I, I have a, on my side, it says feeling good is underrated. Right. So I, if, if my hands feel good and I'm, my joints feel good, that's my number one priority. But a lot of times, uh, I don't think I noticed that until I started paying attention to the food that I was eating. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's kind of goes hand in hand where if you eat something that you know that your body doesn't tolerate well, you're not going to feel good. You're going to feel like crap. You're going to want to go home. Everything's going to hurt and it's just going to be a bad time. But at the same time, we want to find those foods that are comfort foods still that's still going to make us feel good within our body exactly because you don't want to deprive yourself of things that you enjoy you just want to find a good way to enjoy them where you're not going to feel like crap later so that being said um one of my summer comfort foods are hot dogs and renji we are running out of time but everyone that comes on the show does have to answer this question it might be the hardest question you get all day is a hot dog a sandwich? I think it is a type of sandwich only because I've had a corned, uh, a Reuben hot dog. Oh, what's a Reuben hot dog? So it would be a corned beef hot dog uh, with sauerkraut and uh, that Thousand Island type dressing that, that you would have. Have you ever had a Reuben sandwich? Yeah. So it would be a essentially that. Because that's what makes, to me, that's why it's a sandwich because you have all of these, because Hot dogs can come in many splendors, right? These days, right? Because you can define, you can, you can say only this one hot dog. Hot dogs come, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it's, I guess we could ask, is a brat a, a, or a brat or a met a hot dog, right? It's a, it's a, it's a type of hot dog. Back to the corned beef part. Was it like the corned beef in a sausage casing? Yes. Corned beef, like in a sausage. Yeah. That sounds absolutely delicious. I'm not going to lie. Yes, with rye rye bread uh, buns, buns. buns. Yeah, sauerkraut. The whatever I think it's Thousand Island dressing type thing on on a Reuben. Whatever that it's delicious. 
That sounds absolutely amazing. And I'm very sad that I've never had one. So I think I will need to find a way to change that. Let us find one for you. Okay. So if anyone wants to, you know, find out where the best Reuben hot dogs are, um, you know, hit you up with any questions that they have about, you know, working at work um, or anything else they have uh, health and fitness related work. Can they find you outside the show? Uh, you can uh, reach me at Renjit, R-E-N-J-I-T at Arogium, A-R-O-G-I-U-M dot com. Uh, you guys heard it here first. Renjit's DMs are open. Um, so that being said, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. You can find Chat Called the Podcast anywhere else you get your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe to all the other Sprite Waves podcasts, such as Rethinking, Reshoring, and Great Quarter Gals. You can subscribe to the newsletter on FrightWaves.com slash Chat Call. See you on the internet.